0: Live from the Fremont Theatre in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. It was early October of 2008, and I was driving from Iowa to Montana. And I was cracked. And I was cracking. And the two months before that, I had gone to the Twin Cities to run as a street medic for the Republican National Convention and I had witnessed extraordinary brutality. And I had my first experience with pepper spray and incarceration. And I went to visit my partner at the time in Missouri, and when I left them, they said, I'll see you in a few days for your best friend's wedding in Iowa. I said, great. So I drove to Iowa, something went wrong with the car, I called them up, we're chatting about the car, and without Skipping a beat, they say, by the way, I'm ending this relationship. So I pulled myself together for my best friend's wedding, somehow, because that's what you do, right? And I called my friend in Montana, and I was bemoaning this situation, and she said, come out. So I loaded up my car, and I loaded up my 45-pound beagle named Sagan, named after Carl, who I admire, and we drove to Montana. And I landed at her house, and another mutual friend was there at the same time, and I turned into a puddle. I have had a lifelong uh, relationship to depression and anxiety and suicidal thinking. And at the time, I didn't realize I'd never been exposed to the language of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. I just thought I was fucking crazy all the time. Broken. Irrevocably broken. So I showed up at her house in a pretty bad state, and my days consisted of getting out of bed, eating, reading and going back to bed. And after about 10 days of this, she said, Rain, this isn't going to work. You're dying in front of me. And I was, because it wasn't just those things that had happened, it was all the things that had led up to that moment, all the ways that I felt as though no love or care could ever actually fill my body, fill my human experiences. It, it all went into a black hole and disappeared. And I had a lot of love. I had a lot of people that cared about me. But I couldn't, it, I couldn't hold on to it. So my birthday was in a few weeks. And for folks who know me, I tend to make a big deal out of my birthday. I think it's the time of year you shake off all the shit that's happened and you fill your cup, you get charged up. And I like to tell the story of my year to all of my people and do all kinds of other ceremony and ritual. And I realized that I was lost in the wilderness. And oh, I happened to be right on the edge of the Selway Bitterroot Wilderness area in this place where I was at. And so I decided I was gonna take my first ever solo wilderness hike with my dog. And that's what I focused on. That was what got me out of bed. That's what got me into the shower. That's what got food in my belly. It's what started becoming a project. And the interesting thing is, while I was talking to my good friends, who I was staying with, I was framing it as, hey, I'm going to go out on this wilderness trip and I'm going to reinvent myself and I'm going to find my ferocity and reconnect to my fire and I'm going to fucking come out of it and kick ass and be okay. But inside... I was thinking, I'm going to go up into the wilderness, and I'm going to die, because I'm done. I'm done hurting all the time. I can't make it stop. I can't make it stop, no matter what I do, no matter what I think, no matter what I read, no matter who I talk to, no matter what I imbibe, consume, nothing can make this suffering stop. And I'm tired. i got nothing left. So I acquired the gear, and Sagan and I, my devoted companion of over 10 years, you know, he loved me so much. He was like the best thing I had. We would sleep together, we would hike together. We started packing some weight a little bit more each day, and we'd go up on the trail and we'd get a little further, and I started thinking, all right, I'm gonna do this. And I'm talking to my friend, and she's saying, you know, it's late autumn. So we got to really pay attention to the weather because you don't know this area. You're like a Midwestern girl, right? You got the plains. These are this is the wilderness. This is real shit. You don't fuck around with it. But okay. So a few days before my birthday, I get all geared up. I'm ready. I got my map. We look at the weather and the weather looks good. It's unseasonably warm and we start hiking and I hike 7 miles into the wilderness area with my dog. And we are on the main trail, and there's a little side trail. And we take the little side trail, and there's a kind of small plateau that looks out. There's this amazing vista. And when I decided to set camp there, and I was roughing it. So I didn't bring a tent. Because, you know, I'd read the articles on the internet, And I felt prepared. I was like, I'm going to tie some knots, I'm going to string my tarp, I'm going to hang my bear bag. Like, I knew that I needed to have a bear bag. You know, I was feeling pretty spiffy. You know, I was like, okay, maybe this could work out. Maybe some sort of sign will appear. So that first day, all's well, and then, you know, we have this beautiful night, and I'm lying on my back on this little open area, and I'm looking at the stars, and I'm shattered. I'm totally shattered underneath the stars. I realized that uh, the exuberance and the exhilaration that I had held about the idea, the unknowingness that no one in the world knew where I was in that moment turned into panic. No one in the world knew where I was. Literally, metaphorically, all the ways, spiritually, nobody knew where I was. Nobody knew where I was. And so I'm lying there and I'm looking at the stars and I'm thinking about all the people I've loved and who love me, and the live ones and the dead ones and the in-between ones, and I ask them to become a cloak and to wrap me up and to hold me, because I'm lost. I'm so scared and I'm so lost and I don't understand and it's like I have no skin and I'm just a bundle of exposed nerves and everything hurts. My heart hurts. So I go to bed and I get up the next day and I do some birthday ritual things and I'm still kind of like in this strange liminal space of am I gonna live? Am I gonna die? Is it gonna happen? Am I gonna choose it? Who knows? You know the mystery. I'm in the mystery. I'm a witch. I'm in the mystery. (laughs) So the day passes and the nights the dusk set. You know the dusk is upon me and I have my little fire, and it starts to drizzle. And then it starts, the temperature drops, and it starts to sleet. And I'm like 7,000, 7,200 feet up in the mountains. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure out how to stay alive. And I start to feel a little nervous, and you know, the one thing about the way I was living is that I can always get in bed. So I got in my sleeping bag and my little makeshift tarp shelter, and I got a few sticks left for my fire, and Sagan crawls in with me. And I wake up in the middle of the night, and my feet are freezing. And I realize that a knot has slipped, and the tarp has fallen, and all of the sleet now turning into snow is sliding down onto the end of my sleeping bag, and the end of my sleeping bag is soaked. So, something happens. It wasn't my thinking mind, it was my body mind, it was my primal soul. I don't know. After all these years, the temptation to try to put some sort of name or understanding on it is still there, but I don't have it. I don't have it. But what I did is I got up and I took off the wet clothing and I put on my rain suit and I ate a half a stick of butter because you know what? I'd read that you should always have extra fat calories on hand in case you think you might go into hypothermic shock. So, you know what? It's kind of intense to eat a half a stick of butter. But I did it, and I'm proud of it. And so I realize I have no more firewood, and my fire is pretty much almost out. And so I say to Sagan, we got to go get some more wood. And at the same time, I'm thinking, why the fuck am I getting more wood? This is the sign. Like, the thing about staying alive when you think about dying is, for me, always the impact on the ones that love me, because I've had people kill themselves in my life, and it hurts. So that's the dynamic tension, and I thought, well, you know what? I don't actually have to choose. Like, I could just let it happen. And I would kind of be off the hook because everyone would be like, freak storm! Rain didn't really want to die, you know, but she got caught up. So I don't know, all that's happening and my body starts moving. I said, Sagan, we got to get the headlamp. We got to go down the hill where we got the wood. We got to get out. There was no wood at my camp. So we go get the wood and I'm sawing off the wood and I'm thinking, why am I getting the wood? What is going on? Like, I'm not even in charge of myself. What's happening? Right? And then the snow is blowing so hard, I can't see anything. And I realize I have no idea how to get back to my campsite up on the rise. And Sagan and I used to play this game where I would throw the stick down the trail in one direction and I'd run like hell in the other and I'd jump over boulders and trees and over creeks and whatever, and he could always find me, always, always, without fail. So I looked at him and I said, Sagan, where's the trail? And he looked at me, and he was like, about seven paces. He's like, I got it, Ma. I've never failed you. We went right up the little rise. So I built up the fire. I pulled out my bag. I dried out my sleeping bag. Fixed up my tarp. We tucked back in. We slept. Woke up. There's five inches of snow on everything. And I was like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm like, we're not staying here. We're going to go down the mountain. We went down the mountain and I made a new camp and I called in all my ancestors and loved ones and I pretended they were around the fire and I told them the story of my year and I ended the story of my year with being on that mountain. And, you know, I don't know if Sagan saved my life or Spirit saved my life or my ancestors or my loved ones or I saved my life or some combination of what saved my life but i know that that feeling still happens for me all the time the feeling of what am i doing and especially now with recent events recent events and you know i think about the people who love me and the people that i love and the ways that i walk in the world and the ways that i try to show up for the other ones who struggle who have these questions and these longings and these uncertainties and these fears. And I've tried to be that person to say, this is where the trail is. But at the end of the day, really, whether it's for my folks or the descendants of life or to manifest some strange gift that maybe I have in the ways that we all have gifts, it is true that most mornings I get up and I just ask myself, Okay Rain, where's the trail?